Welcome to Tech Writer Voices. My name is Tom Johnson, and in this podcast, we explore all the latest trends in the field of technical communication. Today, I am speaking with Scott Abel, who is also known as the Content Wrangler, and we're talking about social networking. So, <clears throat> Scott, now this site that we're talking about is thecontentwrangler.ning.com, a new social network that you've created. Now, can you just tell us why you decided to create this? Yes, I created it because everyone else seems to think that um, in our industry that trade associations serve this kind of purpose through a listserv and that this is somehow valuable. I disagree. I think that these old-school listserv, email, even blog publishing is uh, pushing content at people, and I think the social network actually attracts people and allows them to interact with one another in ways that I, as a publisher alone, could not predict. So this gives more interactive possibilities than a listserv and other other forms of uh, media? I think it humanizes it. I think it gives humans the ability to see one another, first of all. You can't uh, imagine how many emails I get that say, wow, it's great to put a face with a name. Yeah. So I think that's a very human thing. Humans want to associate with one another. And uh, I think that the list of approach was useful, but now you have to keyword search these archives instead of having people be able to actually publish resources built from the archives, which in the social network they can. And what I mean by that is each social network member is, has the ability to create their own blog, to provide comments on other people's blog posts, to post events, to post um, announcements for jobs, or even just to start a discussion with a group of peers from their own company or from a geographically located group of people like Indiana Tech Writers, for instance, could powwow and have a chit-chat uh, online in a subgroup without disturbing anyone else. You can't do that on a listserv. On a giant listserv, like the Society for Technical Communication single sourcing listserv, is basically a catch-all for anything that they can't figure out where else it should go, which is kind of lame because it, is, it means that a lot of messages are, put, are aimed at the list members who probably aren't interested in those more granular topics. And so it discourages people from actually receiving the emails, which is why listserv software allows you to opt out or to receive just one email in a digest format. And if I had to guess, I would say most people who join groups, they join because they have a specific uh, reason. They're trying to find an answer or learn about a topic. And then when they're done with that, they probably have to change their preferences on a listserv to only one email a day or no emails at all. So then what happens is you have an inflated group presence. It looks like your single sourcing listserv has 5,000 members, which would imply that 5,000 people have the potential to get your message. But really, that's not what's going on. So in a social network, the folks can control and congregate as birds of a feather and groups that, that they identify with without having to be part of a larger group that they're going to irritate while they're discussing kind of a granular topic. That makes a lot of sense. So how many groups are there right now in, in this social networking group that you've got? Actually, I haven't counted them today, but there's probably around 100 groups. And, you know, getting, getting a group started is fairly easy, but now we're having to teach group members how to become group members. What does it mean to be a group leader? What does it mean to be a group moderator or just a group participant? So uh, they're starting the groups. Some of them are 
just jumping right in and creating content and using the tool uh, GUI interface to try to explore what can they do with this tool, um, which is kind of interesting just to watch people try to figure it out. You mentioned that some people really do uh, get it and they, they, they're using this wisely or they're using it in the way it was intended, but others aren't getting it at all, really. So how do you use a social network? Well, I get a lot of them. To, to address your question um, first by kind of explaining what I meant by that, is that I think that the the volume of traffic that's hitting that that social network, which is between eight and 10,000 unique hits a day, and the number of people that I have as contacts, which are getting close to 20,000. So if I invite 20,000 people and I get eight or 10,000 hits a day on that site, you know, you might expect that you would have more than, uh, you know, 1,500 members, which is approximately what we have today in less than a month. I'm happy with the 1,500 member mark, but I wonder if lots of people hit the site and they say, wow, this is kind of interesting, but I'm not really sure what it is. What do I do? Some people even create an account. They log in. They upload a picture. They look around, and then they send me an email saying, what do I do? So I think there's a little bit of confusion about, you know, what is a social network or what, what is a social um, software like the uh, social networks are built of. And what I think is important for us to learn is that social networks can be whatever you want them to be. They don't, however, have to be social. So I think the word social implies in some people's minds that this is a party going on somehow, that this has nothing to do with being a professional or there's no useful information. Like tech writers are swapping their favorite Britney Spears stories or something, which is nothing could be further from the truth. I've even had discussions with fairly astute uh, technical communication experts, and they say, I just don't understand why you're even interested in this. And I'm interested in the social networking because I believe that these functionalities, this ability for peers to talk to one another without regard for the people who've created the product or the website, is, is an important change in the technological um, design patterns that we're going to see. I expect, for instance, online help systems to come with peer-to-peer networking capabilities that are basically social networking features. Um, However, that said, many of the people in our industry that are thought leaders haven't been able to wrap their head around that. And in fact, I had a discussion with a, a, a fairly wise technical communication expert who runs a popular conference, and we actually had it out about how dumb it was, he thought, to include social networking and online help. And his comment was, who needs my space up there? Talking about videos and, <laughs> and music. And, and I said, well, you know, what about people helping one another, member-to-member communication? What if I make a video? It's not a music video, and even if it were, that wouldn't matter if it were useful to me. But what if I make a video using the same technology that you use to make a mi- music video? Or what if I make a podcast, which would be the same way of recording a song, and I make those available? So I think it's about the, the ability to share file types, to share information to share links, to share knowledge, and then for that knowledge to be keyword searchable and remain in an archive that others can find on the Internet. So I expect that this whole social networking functions and features that you see on sites like MySpace or LinkedIn will start to creep into our products. 
And if you think about it, it makes sense. We're trying to provide customer support for folks. And if at 2 o'clock in the morning your customer support center is closed, but three of your power users are online, and they are quote-unquote friends of somebody who has a problem, and they write each other back and forth at 2 in the morning, and then they solve the problem, the customer's happy. You provided them with a resource to help them answer their question. I frankly don't think they care who answers it as long as they get the right answer. You know, I've really been intrigued at the possibility of, of incorporating social networks into online help in some form or fashion. Do you know anybody who's who's actively doing this yet, or is this still one of those ideas that's just uh, around the corner? Um, I, I have seen inklings of it, and various vendors will tell you that they've added that types of functionality to their products, but I haven't seen anything that jumps out enough to, to herald we should pay attention to it. I, I believe it is just around the corner. Um, you know, you've got these very wise people like Tim O'Reilly, um, you know, who's quoted in the um, the world is flat, Thomas Friedman's book, as talking about adding these kind of functionality, which he talks about as a participation functionality. And he says that the winners of the software race will be the ones that are the smartest and get there first. And understand that allowing people to participate is like having your own QA testers or your own feedback loop. And if you pay attention to it, you gain efficiencies in your ability to correct and update information um, that, that your customers can't easily find, or maybe to create new information you never thought you would need to know. And this is important because we don't use science and mathematics in the technical communication industry as often as we should. Instead, we use the Miss Clio approach using what could only be described as psychic powers to guess what our customers want. The best example is frequently asked questions, which are seldom based on frequency and usually are made up by the technical communication staff or whoever creates the content, and they say, what do we think our users might want to know? But when you have your users interacting with you, interacting with one another, and all of that information becomes visible to you as the website owner or the product developer, you can then improve your product to reflect the realities, the questions that are actually being asked, and the ones that are most frequently asked you can count so that you can actually prioritize the labor that you put into improving your product. So I expect this to, to be a major shift and become more familiar as uh, the product manufacturers adopt this peer-to-peer and kind of person-to-person communication. Scott, so if people want to take this social networking model and, and do something on their own, either with their products or with some other group, what do you recommend is the best route to go? I mean, you, you use Ning. You told me that it, it allowed you to get the content out. I know there's Facebook. I wonder if you have any thoughts on just the choice of platform. Um, no, I don't. And the reason why is asking about tools has absolutely nothing to do with the realistic discussion of what problem you're solving. So I had a problem in that I couldn't see information about the people I was trying to speak to. So as a blogger, I was preaching from my electronic pulpit using psychic power to decide what people would probably be interested in. So all I needed to solve my problem was the visibility into my audience. I need to be able to see who they are. I need to see what they look like. I need to feel the vibe. I need to know what songs they like. I need to know what videos are entertaining to them so that I can become better at knowing my audience. And even though the audience is certainly not a homogenous group, 
when you have this kind of platform where you can look at people, see their faces, listen to what they say to other people, and participate in their conversations, that's much more than just blogging and pushing content out of people or podcasting and hoping somebody listens to it. So I, I basically think it doesn't matter what tool it is. I, I think it's just like TechCom. We have this preoccupation with tools. And so my answer is, I don't care what tool it is. <laughs> I don't have any preference, and I don't expect that we're going to see anyone dominate this industry right this second. Um, Ning has a good chance of being a good player because Mark Andreessen, who, of course, if you Google him, you can find out that he has created many successful initiatives that have impacted our world in ways that will probably have repercussions for the next 50 to 100 years. Um, and so we've got somebody with a lot of smarts who also has access to a lot of money. So in their case, they got $44 million in funding. So I expect they'll continue to improve their platform. That said, the only thing stopping competitors is trying to differ, you know, trying to differentiate themselves from from companies like Ning. So who knows what the other companies will invent that will be better, faster, cheaper, or provide us, you know, kinds of services that we can only imagine today. You know, the, your comment about the value of seeing the faces is really interesting because I was looking through the, the members in Ning uh, a while ago, and I was just amazed at how many people I had no idea about. I mean, I have a lot of subscribers to my blog. I see a lot of comments. And yet I saw like parades of people in the Content Wrangler Ning group that uh, just I had no idea I never interacted with. So being able to see them and their faces and a little bit about them was pretty, pretty revealing. So has it helped yeah, you? It was... Go ahead. I was just wondering, has it, how, how has it helped you connect better with them in, in producing content? Just... Oh, it's given me a huge reality check. I mean, I was always of the opinion that this is an international organization just waiting for someone to fill in and actually support them at an international level. The Society for Technical Communication tries, but being dominated by North American and some Europeans um, as a membership is difficult because it scares off people in other parts of the country, especially when you have somebody on one of our listservs commenting, I'm not going to help you because your name sounds Indian and you're trying to steal my job, which of course is juvenile, immature, and totally clueless of these particular technical communicators who believe this. Their problems are they don't have skills that they can differentiate themselves from the competition, and the competition's coming on strong, and they work for cheaper, and they might work better. You never know. So the community has actually helped me understand that this is a worldwide community. I mean, I found members from Guam, from Dubai, from Saudi Arabia, you know, from different parts of the world that I wouldn't have even expected. And you get to looking at the pictures, and it's kind of an irony. It's, it's very strange, the juxtapositioning of when a member uh, joins. Let me give you an example. I try to greet all the members online when uh, they become members. An email sent to me when somebody joins. So, you know, a couple times a day I'll go in and greet a bunch of new members, and I can see their pictures in the order in which they uh, became members. And it was just ironic to see people from Israel join, and then people from Saudi Arabia, and then people from New Zealand, all in order, and to see their pictures right next to each other. And to think, you know, in some circles, the Middle East is such a hotbed right now, it was interesting to see like-minded peers that were part of the same network despite the cultural problems they have in the world. So I think it's also a connector of humans in ways that would be unex you know, unexpected for us. The other thing it does 
when you look at the people is that you have to realize all the members can see each other. So there was a great story of a Indian tech writer who lost his friend during his um, during his youth, and his friend had been separated from him, and they had never heard anything from one another all through their adult life. And now, when they're much older and they hadn't seen each other since they were children, they discovered that they both followed the same career path, and they're both technical writers, and they both are on the Content Wrangler community. And they found each other, and of course, it was a very emotional thing for them because they were such close friends. So in that case, a social network helped two people, two humans, connect again, to reconnect. But it's also social networks have helped people connect to jobs, resources, people that they might like to hire. Um, so it's kind of an interesting thing. And, and I think the pictures play a role because whether we want to admit it or not, we look for certain things in humans, and the way that they appear also impacts what we think of them, especially if you believe this first impressions rule. And, and so that's why I think it's important for us to also address some best practices once this community becomes more mature so we can talk about is it important to have an online persona, and if so, should you groom yourself, have a fabulous photo, have a great professional uh, resume, or is it okay to kind of be off the wall? and uh, not very professional. So it's, it's opening up all kinds of interesting uh, cultural and business opportunities for people in the community. All right, Scott. Well, this is really a, an, an exciting thing that you've got going, and I'm really, I'm really glad that you started it up. I mean, you of all people has, have probably the most contacts and, and reach, and so it was great to see. I mean, you already have 14... 178 or something members last time I checked and uh, it just keeps growing. So uh, any last thoughts that you want to say about this social network? Yeah, I just think that if people want to check out the social network, uh, the Content Wrangler community, just know that there's nothing that you can really do wrong. You can't break the system. You can't hurt it. Go in and, and read other people's profiles. See how they set up their their, um, their photographs. And uh, just kind of mimic what other people do. Don't be afraid of the technology. It's not going to hurt you. And also realize it's not about social. You know, it's not really, we've kind of turned that word into a fun word, a party word. I think it's more about person-to-person or human connections. All right, Scott, definitely go, go check it out, thecontentwrangler.ning.com, and join up and add, well, I guess when people join up, you add them as a friend, or is that is that a default thing? Um, no, I try to add people as a friend that have a photograph. I, like I said, I haven't really had a, a hard and fast rule yet. But eventually, I think I'm going to discourage these incomplete bi- biographies and missing photos. But yeah, I can certainly uh, will greet everybody as they join. Uh, one one little question: How do you ter- determine what gets featured on the main page? Is that just a subjective personal decision, or is that like something uh, automated? Uh, no, I, I actually am in control of that. I can automate it, but I choose not to um, because I want to be able to control. Since I'm greeting every member and I'm reading everyone's profile, I have a better idea of the, the average person in the group and also the people who are not so average. So I try to put information out there that will help people in the in the majority, but I also try to put information out that's uh, on the homepage to help people in the minority. So, for instance, there may not be a huge audience um, yet for a technical writing event in Australia, but the Australian members appreciate it when it's on the home page and they didn't even know about it. So I try to um, 
use common sense, uh, knowledge of the audience, and variety as my uh, guide when I feature items on the homepage. Well, it looks like a fun project to maintain. Does it take a lot of your time, or is this something that's... Uh Yes, if you want to run a social network and you want to do it well, you should be dedicated and you should be prepared to spend a significant amount of time doing it if you want to do it right. Or it will just languish like uh, all the many blogs that people start that they don't actually do anything with. <laughs> Definitely. All right, Scott, well, thanks for talking to me today. And uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll see you at Doc Train, of course, and all the other conferences that you've got going. So thanks again. Thank you. I appreciate it.